Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Podcast, where laughter is a main course and humor is always on the menu. So let's get started, and here's your daily dose of funny. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We got so scared and psyched out, we spanked ourselves! <laughs> but my dad would spank. That was the ultimate punishment. He would spank. I truly wish with my whole heart I had grown up in a world like today where parents use time out. I, I would have loved time out. <laughs> That's how parents get tough with their kids today. You know what, mister? You pushed me to the edge. I'm not taking anymore. Time out. <laughs> That's right, you pushed Johnny's head into the brick wall and got blood everywhere. <laughs> well, you're not getting away with that. Mm-hmm. Time out. That's right, mister, you can just grab your cell phone, computer games, and head to your room. I would have loved time out. If I had time out, I would have started out my day by just walking up to my brothers. Yeah, why don't you touch me now? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the time out. <laughs> but my dad would spank. Not only would he spank, he would send us to his bedroom where you had to wait to be spanked. <laughs> Spanking in and by itself is bad enough, but to have to wait to be spanked. <laughs> Look at me, side section. We had to wait. To be spanked, you had time to look at every belt he owned. It was like each belt was talking. I hope he picks me. One time my dad sent my brother Kyle and I to his bedroom at the same time to wait to be spanked. It's bad enough when you're by yourself, but when you're with another brother and you can see the pain and fear in his eyes. And he's saying stupid stuff like, this is gonna hurt, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Shut up! We got so scared and psyched out, we spanked ourselves! 
just went walking right by our dad. Where are you going? We already took care of him. <laughs> but when you have that many kids, you have to be good at discipline. My dad was, he was a genius at discipline. Let me give you an example. At one time when there were only seven of us, we lived in a small house. We had one bedroom for all those kids. We had three bunk beds in that bedroom. The youngest child rotated. So when our parents would send us to bed at night, they did not expect immediate quiet. You know, you'd be in your bed, someone would start talking, you'd talk back, pretty soon everyone's talking. You're in your bed talking, someone might touch you. You go to touch them back, except it's dark, you get the wrong guy, now everyone's touching everyone. <laughs> then you're in your bed thinking, wait a minute, someone touched me, I bet you there's someone out there in the dark right now doing the almost touch, and you gamble. <laughs> So we're in our bed talking, touching, and then as the night goes on, you get creative, you come up with ideas. Say, hey, I wonder if I could jump from the top of this bunk in the dark to the top of that bunk, and you try it, and you make it. And then you tell your youngest brother, sure, I think you can make it too. And he hits hard. But the point is, there's a lot of commotion, talking, touching, and jumping. My dad didn't handle it like a lot of other parents. He didn't yell out idle threats like, you better stop, don't make me come down there, I'll give you one more chance. He didn't do that. Here's how my dad handled it. We'd be talking, touching, jumping. Suddenly, the bedroom light would be on. And he was just there. We did not know how he got there. When that bedroom light came on, all he saw was seven heads pop up. We look like a bunch of prairie dogs looking for an eagle. We're all looking at him thinking things like, why doesn't he make noise? Why do we have a ninja dad? And he'd make eye contact with each and every one of us. And when he made eye contact, you would just look down. I remember looking down and thinking, oh, please don't pick me to kill. He did this one by one till we are, we're all looking down. The next thing we know, our bedroom light is out. Except now we're all thinking, I'm pretty sure he's still in here. <laughs> and when the sun came up, that's the position you were in. Uh, I got I to gotta ask you this first before we talk about anything else. You ever have one of those moments where you realize how other people see you? I had this happen in an airport. I had a connecting flight. I had been up since 3.30 in the morning, so I'm dead tired, dead tired, walking on the middle of the airport terminal, dead tired. Head down, didn't care. Head down, didn't care. And that beep, beep cart was behind me. <laughs> you know that beep, 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 beep cart? You know that cart that transports people to their gate, and when they get there, they can magically walk? You know, that car's behind me, beep, 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 beep. I thought, you know what, you'll get there when I'm good and ready for you to get there. <laughs> Finally, we reached a point where the car could pass me, and as the car passed me, an elderly lady on the car says, you would think with those ears that he could hear us. <laughs> Why, why are you groaning? I don't get that. That makes no sense at all. Now, before, 
Before we get going, would you do me a favor? Would you just unfold your arms? That's negative body language and I don't like it. Just, did you hear it? Yeah, you should have done that without me looking over there. No, it's just, that's a hard laugh position. It's just not a good laugh position. And uh, no, I, I have to tell you this. I came straight here from Miami. I had a direct flight from Miami. Uh, I, just had, I just got off a cruise ship. Well, maybe not a direct flight. I don't think that's possible to Provo, is it? To, can you get a direct flight? Because you got an airport. I saw that. I flew into the wrong airport. I flew into Salt Lake City, and apparently I could have flown right into Provo. Is that... Is that possible? Can you fly? Have you, do you know you have an airport? <laughs> but no, it's just, I, I gotta tell you, it's just nice to be here. Uh, get, got off a cruise ship and now I'm here and it's just like people are, you're dressed like there could be a blizzard and you're gonna survive. <laughs> and then I've been watching you from up there and some of you, you don't even take your coats off. You just, you, this has been, what? pushing two hours and you leave that thing on. I'm, I'm, if I had to guess, I would guess you work at the post office. That's, that's what I would guess. Cause you got, you left your jacket on and you got a little nervous twitch going on. Take it off. Don't, don't cover your mouth when you laugh. Just let the laugh out. This is a comedy show. If he tries to stop you, leave her alone! <laughs> no, I'm, and I mean that. I mean that when I say I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm marking you. If you laugh, I know I'm having a great show. Don't, you can look away, but when you look back, I'll still be looking at you. You just sit there with that stoic look on your face, and that's not, look at me when I talk to you. No, I mean it. I'm so happy to be here. I, I had a, you know, people, when you work on a cruise ship, people come up to you, oh, you're lucky you get to work on cruise ships. However, for what I do, that's not true all the time. This cruise that I was working on, there was mostly Germans in the audience. Germans in the audience. And as we all know, the Germans are a jovial group. <laughs> this is my impression of a German gut laughing. Ha! And they weren't really laughing. I finally looked at a guy and said, why are you laughing? He said, ich verstande das nicht. <laughs> After the show, I found the international hostess and asked her, what does ich verstande das nicht mean? She said, I do not understand. I said, ich verstande. <laughs> All right, if you got that, move up. <laughs> And I gotta tell you that we'll just talk about traveling just for a little bit. My wife and I, we love Ireland. Uh, we just, we discovered Ireland on a cruise and then we went back just because we loved it so much. The people are so friendly. The, the, the country is just beautiful. Uh, but it's that Irish accent that gets us. We absolutely love that Irish accent. But every time it would get to be half past the hour, Nancy would just go, oh, you're going to do it again, aren't you? And, and I would go, yeah, as soon as it got to be half past the hour, I would look for anyone I could find just to ask him what time it was. What time is it? It's 7.30. <laughs> How can you not love the turkey? <laughs> and, and, and it gave me 10 minutes to play. 731, 732, 733. 
Sometimes. Sometimes it's a single word that makes an entire language fun. Nancy and I were in Venice, Italy. We're having a great time. It's beautiful. The scenery is spectacular. The weather was great. It's crowded. This big guy bumped into me. I wasn't too happy. I turned around. He looked right at me and said, excuse <laughs> And then I realized you can't get mad at a full-grown man that says, excuse <laughs> And he kind of smiled after he said it, a scoozy. <laughs> and then you meet people from all over, and I love that. Uh, but you know what? The people that have impressed me the most when, with my travels on the cruise ships are, are the British. I absolutely love the British. Nothing, nothing phases the British. I, I was on a ship with a lot of British, and we were told the largest hurricane ever is coming right at us. The British simply responded with, well. <laughs> Then they went on the top deck to look for it. <laughs> I don't see nothing. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then you, and then the, the British, a normal conversation, they make you feel good. I told a British guy, I got up at 8 a.m., he looked at me and said, brilliant. <laughs> to which I responded, a scoozy. <laughs> All right, I gotta, you know what, I, I gotta be careful because they, there's a, a black tape line here and they told me not to step over that and I don't know why, but it's dangerous. If I step over that, uh, it, it just, it's just, it won't be good. Something bad will happen and you'll be safe because you got your jacket on and you'll, you'll be out of the building before everyone else. You're a survivor is what you are. Look at, you don't care about her. You're just gonna take care of yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, take your jacket off. <laughs> all right, here's a bonding type question. This should bring us all together. Does anyone, does anyone here come from a family? <laughs> Seriously, you raised your hand. <laughs> Usually people just laugh, but you, you, you knew you came from a family. I got eight brothers and one sister. I grew up in a family of 10 kids. Anyone come from a larger family than that? 10? 10. What do you got? 14. How many brothers? How many sisters? Take your time. What? 11 and 3. And then you count yourself. That would be 15. Did you, did you hear the question? So it's 11 and 2. You got two brothers? I had Oh, three sisters? So you got 10 brothers then. Well, it would be 10 because you got 10 brothers, three sisters, that's 13, and then you is 14, unless you want to change your answer. I'm glad I can help you out. You know, right now, you've made this a show I'll never forget. <laughs> this is the first time you figured out the brothers and sisters in your family. <laughs> hey, what's Provo like? They're not good at math.
you're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right, back me up on this. Large family, large family, a large family you have to adapt to survive. Everyone, parents included. My dad adapted. He learned how to have fun with us. He used to love taking us to the store. He'd only say one thing, spread out, they can't watch all of us. <laughs> most kids, most kids, their favorite holiday is Christmas. Not when you're from a large family because it might not be your turn to get a present that year. <laughs> a large family, your favorite holiday is Halloween because it is incentive-based. If you hustle, you can stock up for the year. <laughs> Halloween comes around, all you know is you're gonna run for as hard as you can, as long as you can. A lot of kids try to tell you, oh, Halloween ends at 10 p.m. Wrong, Halloween ends when people quit answering the door. <laughs> and most kids, they're just concerned about what they're gonna be for Halloween. You ask a kid from a large family, what are you gonna be? I'm gonna be as fast as I can. <laughs> you're gonna wear a costume? A costume would slow me down. <laughs> And you hate it when you get to that nice lady's house, that nice lady that just wants to talk. Halloween night and she wants to have a conversation. And what are you supposed to be? I do not have time for this. <laughs> Put the candy in the bag. I had one brother, he wouldn't even talk to people. Halloween night, they try to talk to him. He'd just look at him and go. I've seen grown men just back away, just throw candy at him, maybe he'll leave. <laughs> we had a new guy move into the neighborhood one year. He just looked at my brother and said, a scoozy. <laughs> and you know what you hate? You, you know, well, actually what you love is the lazy guy's house. The lazy guy, Halloween night, the lazy, the guy that puts a bowl full of candy on his front porch with a note, please take one. We not only dumped the bowl, we took the bowl. We took the note, because you want to show other kids, you got to read this, this is funny. And we use pillowcases, because you know, though, I mean, that pillowcases, you can't fill them up. It doesn't, it's physically impossible. We try it every year, but you got the pillowcase, and then you see that kid with the paper bag, whack! <laughs> Oh, I'd love to help you pick up your candy. <laughs> but you know what? You grow up in a large family, you're more creative. You learn how to have fun where other kids don't because you don't have as many toys and stuff and that kind of inspires that creativity. And we did. We learned how to have fun where other kids didn't. I'll give you this example. We loved church when we were growing up. Loved it, church. We loved church. Absolutely loved it, church. Loved it. Church. <laughs> Only place we knew of that you could go to sit down and this really happens. They pass a bowl full of money down your aisle. <laughs> we didn't even have to say trick or treat. <laughs> One, One Sunday my dad looked and saw what we were doing. He looked like a guy without a microphone.
child, when you see your dad doing that, you realize he's helpless. You do what comes natural for a kid. <laughs> now, I got a lot of younger brothers and a younger sister. Younger brothers and sisters, they're not right. They're mentally off. They think goofy. Their whole goal is to get you to snap and get you in trouble. They will waste an entire day. They will hurt their own body <laughs> to get you to snap and get in trouble. I had one younger brother in particular. He was really good at getting under your skin no matter when you looked at him, no matter when you looked at him. All he would ever do was this. <laughs> They're not right. They're mentally off. You ever have a younger brother or a sister just walk up and touch you? They just want to touch you. And you're thinking, I can ignore that. But after about an hour, it starts to get to you. And just when you're ready to snap, they change weapons. They go from the touch to the almost touch. The almost touch is worse than the touch. They just put it out there till you pick it up with your vision. Once you spot it, you can't look at anything but. Then they come in for the almost touch. And that's when you snap. You try so hard not to, but it's like your arm has a life of its own. Whack! Now my brother's crying. I'm looking around for a stick, hoping someone else hit him at the same time. I don't want to go down for this by myself. He goes running off to our dad. Yeah, Fred hit me. Well, what'd you do to him? I didn't do nothing. Then my dad from the other room, Fred, get in here. Why'd you hit him? Well, he, he almost touched me. <laughs> And as soon as you see it, you know you're in trouble. Now my younger brother's standing behind my dad. <laughs> now everyone, everyone would always ask my parents, what was it like raising 10 kids? And they always said there was so many stories that they could choose from. Like one time I got together with all my brothers and we pooled our money and we ordered a monkey out of the back of a magazine. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, apparently not that uncommon in Provo. I will always remember the date, August 22nd. My dad was sitting on the front porch. UPS truck pulled into the driveway. Driver got out with the small box 
walked up to my dad and said, sir, here's the monkey that you ordered. <laughs> my dad looked at my mom and said, Joanne, line them up. But the story they said best epitomized what it was like raising 10 kids was this one. My dad was sitting at the kitchen table. We had recently seen the movie Mary Poppins. My dad is sitting at the kitchen table looking out the window. He sees going by the window holding an umbrella, my brother Jeff. <laughs> and he hit the ground hard. My dad said if it had ended there, he could understand, but then I went by the window. <laughs> Terrell went by the window, and then Kyle went by the window, and he did not even have an umbrella. My dad came outside and looked at all of us laying on the ground, and he said, now when you three saw your brother Jeff fail, the umbrella did not work. Why did you still jump? To which I replied, well, we didn't, we didn't think he did it right. <laughs> and then you know how sometimes parents get sucked into kid logic too much? Because then my dad actually yelled at Kyle, and you did not even have an umbrella. <laughs> To which Kyle snapped back, yeah, like it helped them. <laughs> you know, on the walk over here, I saw the, uh, what is it, a costume shop, and they got the John Wayne placard for uh, the uh, costumes that's given an example, right? You guys see it? Because when I was a kid, uh, my favorite movies were westerns. To this day, they're still westerns, but John Wayne was always number one. Uh, I can watch a John Wayne movie a lot of times afterwards. A lot of times afterwards, I get psyched. I find myself walking around like this. You know, I know, and it feels good. It's a powerful walk. And then I started thinking about it. John Wayne was lucky. He's a big man because if you speed up his walk, here's what you've got. <laughs> oh, come here, little horsey. You guys like me, you like to eavesdrop. I walk into a restaurant, some people sitting at a table, where would you like to sit? I want to sit by them, because it's fun. Especially eavesdropping on women. They talk about good stuff, fun stuff, interesting stuff. <laughs> See, guys are always the same. Well, you know what play they should have called? Shut up, you work at McDonald's, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> women talk about good stuff. You want to know what he did to me? Yes! <laughs> Of course, when you yell out like that, then they're gonna know you were eavesdropping. <laughs> but it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, 
you know, from my eavesdropping, I've, I've come to the conclusion that we're starting to worry about way too many things in, in our world. Uh, some of the things we choose to worry about might not be quite as important as, as we think. And I'll give you this example. Actually, I heard this on a radio. PETA, the group, not the bread, PETA, <laughs> People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And we need that organization because if two squirrels should bump into each other, one really should say, a scoozy. <laughs> Peter, they had their spokesperson on the radio. This lady, she said they want to ban fishing. She said fishing is cruel because fish have the same central nervous system as people, so they feel pain like us. She then went on to say, how would you like it if you were walking down the street and your lip was impaled <laughs> and you're yanked out of this environment into a different environment where you couldn't breathe? And I started thinking, well, that would mean that you were a fish. <laughs> because people are way too smart or we should be. And if we're not, maybe it's better that we're gone. Because <laughs> if you're walking down the street with your buddies and you see some food, on a hook. <laughs> Walk around it! <laughs> I think we should be a little bit suspicious anyway if all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's a sandwich bobbing in front of us. <laughs> We're worrying about way too many things. Sometimes we try so hard to worry, we end up worrying the wrong way. I overheard a couple guys talking about this 940-pound man. First guy goes, 940 pounds, that is too bad. The other guy goes, yeah, he almost made it to a thousand. <laughs> and then I started thinking about the PETA lady, and if she was correct, there really was something out there fishing for humans. Could you imagine their surprise if they caught that guy? <laughs> Oh, you know he would be mounted and hanging on a wall. <laughs> well, that there's your large-mouthed, big-bellied human. <laughs> yeah, I caught him on a turkey spinner. <laughs> he almost pulled me out of the spaceship. We're worrying about way too many extra things. I was eavesdropping. I overheard some people talking about zoos. They said they don't like zoos because they're cruel to animals. There's not enough space. It's not their natural environment. Well, you know what? I disagree. I like watching the wildlife shows. You ever watch the wildlife shows? You ever see a bunch of lions take down a zebra? You know, people say, oh, nature's beautiful. Shut up. <laughs> nature's ruthless. It's vicious. It's not like Disney would have us believe. The animals don't meet in the woods and sing and dance. <laughs> It's not a musical. The zebra's not standing there with a bunch of lions all over and thinking, gee, it sure is nice to be contributing to the circle of life. <laughs> it's hard to watch. The lions, the lions grab the zebra by the throat. The others bite it in places that aren't nice to bite till it falls over. Then they hang on its throat till it suffocates. Meanwhile, the other lions are looking at each other like, you gonna wait? No, I'm gonna eat now. You go interview that zebra and ask him how he feels about zoos, because I think his answer might surprise you! <laughs> I think the zebras in the zoo, if they could talk, thank God, I'm in the zoo! 
The lions are right over there, and they can't get to us. <laughs> and you know, after a while, the zebras in the zoo would start to get cocky. You know what? I think I can take them. Tell you what, the next time you get into the zoo debate with the anti-zoo person, try throwing this out. Very seldom used in the zoo debate. Should be used more often because it's quite effective. Some people even say brilliant. <laughs> After the anti-zoo person makes their point, you just look him in the eye and simply say this, the zebras in the zoo can take a nap. <laughs> I know, I thought everyone would be with me at this point. <laughs> Let me see if I can explain and bring more people in. If you are a zebra and you can take a nap, you are a successful zebra. Because if a zebra in Africa were to say, hey, I think I'll take a nap, the other zebra's, okay, we'll catch you later. <laughs> All right, I'm losing people. <laughs> All right, let me just try this. Just use your imaginations, go with me, and I think you'll all be with me on the point I'm trying to make. If I were a zebra in Africa, and a zoo truck pulled up. <laughs> now, actually, if you're laughing at zoo truck, you got the right idea. Because I got way too many other people looking at me like I've never seen a zoo truck. <laughs> if I were a zebra in Africa and a zoo truck pulled up, I would bolt from the herd. You don't need a tranquilizer gun. Don't even put the ramp down, because I'm jumping on the truck. <laughs> because I'd like to get some sleep. That's as far as I can go. I can't, I can't go any farther than that. But at least, at least the zebra leads an honest life though, doesn't it? It's an honest life. It knows it has to run for its life every day. Compare the life of the zebra to the plight of the cow. The cow does not know. <laughs> The cow's born on the farm, her farmer takes care of it. There's a barn for shelter. They feed it every day. If it gets sick, a vet comes out. The cow walks around thinking, everybody loves me. <laughs> then one day the farmer says, who wants to go for a ride? <laughs> and the cow's thinking, why not? <laughs> this is my impression of a galloping cow. to make it more lifelike for the people who aren't quite with me. <laughs> Moo! <laughs> you ever drive for a really long time, you start to think goofy, you see things in a twisted way. 10 straight hours I'm driving, this livestock truck passes me. I roll my window down and yell out, jump, they're gonna kill you! <laughs> I swear, one cow's head snapped up. <laughs> if it had been a British cow, what? All right, this is my favorite subject, actually. I've been married for 35 years. I'm very happy. I asked my wife if I was happy. She told me I am. <laughs> That's good enough for me. 
When I got married, our relationship changed immediately, not gradually, but immediately. My wife started to share knowledge with me, knowledge I had no idea she had before we got married. Tremendous amounts of knowledge she must have stored throughout the years waiting to share with her future husband, not all at one time, just bits and pieces here and there on an ongoing basis. And at one time I thought it would end, now I know it never will. <laughs> But the thing is, I never know what's gonna trigger her desire to share additional knowledge. <laughs> that is the tricky part. That's the part that keeps us on our toes. It could pop up at any time for any reason or absolutely no reason at all. There are days when I'm gonna walk through a room and I see my wife, oh, I think I'll go the other way. <laughs> I really haven't memorized yesterday's lesson yet. <laughs> I got a big midterm coming up and I'd like to do well. I never know what's gonna trigger her desire to share additional knowledge. One day I just opened our back door. That's all I did, simply opened the back door. Look at me, people, just opened <laughs> the back door, perhaps slightly too long. I don't know what the exact time parameter is. I only know I must have went over because my wife whirled and yelled, shut the door. You just let 800 mosquitoes into the house. <laughs> no, I had no idea that mosquitoes fly in swarms of 800. <laughs> I would think that many in a swarm, you'd see something come through the door. I saw nothing but my wife with her keen eyesight and wealth of knowledge knew that 800 got into our house. God bless her, we could have been bitten to death that night. I got married, I no longer need the Discovery Channel. I guess what I'm trying to say to you is that marriage can be good because you learn things that you never knew when you were single. <laughs> marriage can be good because you learn things that you never knew when you were single. And you know what? You see examples of that around us all the time. I'm in a cafeteria behind an elderly couple. Husband reaching for whole milk. Reaching <laughs> for whole milk. Listen carefully, reaching for whole milk. Mid-reach, his wife states, you do not drink whole milk. He did not stop, he did not turn to reply, just feared off, went straight to the skim milk. Now I watched this and I thought, how lucky that man was to have found that woman. How many years did he drink the wrong milk? <laughs> you learn things when you get married that you never knew when you were single. For instance, now that I'm married, I realize that I never would have survived had I stayed single. If I hadn't gotten married when I did, I probably would have been dead in a matter of months. <laughs> I mean that, when I was single, I was wild. I lived on the edge. You would not believe some of the things I used to do. For instance, when I was single, I used to wear my shoes in the house. <laughs> I'm not making that up, I really did. I did not know carpets are supposed to live thousands of years. You learn things when you get married you never knew when you were single. For instance, now that I'm married, I know that I breathe. <laughs> Way too loud. <laughs> 
my wife not only told me I breathe too loud, she told me the exact distance from which people can hear me. <laughs> A mile! <laughs> I know it, her knowledge is incredible. You learn things when you get married that you never knew when you were single. For instance, now that I'm married, I know when it's time to leave a party. <laughs> I never used to know. When I was single, I would do really stupid things like stand till I quit having fun. <laughs> never realizing I should have left hours ago simply because it was time. <laughs> How come you're leaving the party, man? It's time, pal, and you should get married so you'd know too. <laughs> See, sometimes, sometimes when people start applauding, other people are like, no, we don't want to move our arms. <laughs> You learn things when you get married you never knew when you were single. For instance, now that I'm married, I realize that I never knew how to get dressed. <laughs> you ever get dressed up to go out with your wife? You come out of the bedroom and she just looks at you and says, no. <laughs> well, you go back now. <laughs> I will help you. <laughs> if it's a British husband, well. <laughs> You're married long enough. She doesn't have to say anything. You come out of that bedroom, you see a certain look. You just do a little U-turn. <laughs> you learn things when you get married you never knew when you were single. You see it around us all the time. Today, in the hotel I'm staying at, very nice hotel, walking down the hallway behind what had to be a husband and wife. He said, I'm hungry. She said, no, you're not. <laughs> He walked by me, looked up at me as if to say, guess I'm not hungry. <laughs> I sure thought I was hungry. Sometimes I get a pain in my stomach like I'm hungry. Good thing I married her. I could be eating right now and I'm not even hungry. Well, I hope I die first. All right, I'm gonna leave this one with you. The reason I saved this one for last is one of my favorites, also one of the more recent ones. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
You learn things when you get married you never knew when you were single. I told my wife I wanted some shirts to perform in. This is one of the shirts that she got me. And I just said, I just told Nancy I don't want to wear a pink shirt. She said, it's not pink, it's hibiscus. You know what, I think I missed school the day they covered that color. <laughs> I don't ever remember asking another kid, hey, pass me that hibiscus crayon. <laughs> and then all my brothers saw me in his shirt and they're all making fun of me. Hey, you're wearing a pink shirt, except now I'm armed with new knowledge. It's not pink, it's hibiscus. <laughs> and then all my brothers went, oh. <laughs> and one by one as they got married, they got hibiscus shirts. <laughs> But this is the beautiful part. This is where I know you're with me on this. After a show, I had a couple come up to me. The wife wanted her picture with me in my hibiscus shirt. She started to take her shawl off. As a joke, I said, why don't I wear your shawl? Her husband immediately said, no, the shawl is salmon. That would clash with the hibiscus. <laughs> hey, thanks a whole lot, everybody. Thank you. If you love what you heard today, don't keep it to yourself. Share this episode with friends and family and let's spread the laughter. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on today's guests and special offers just for our listeners. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon with even more laughs. Join the fucking funny community today.